0: Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura.
1: All right, let's do it live on a Thursday edition of the program. Merely Bo and the great Z here along for the ride. It's a matchup day. D'Orlando. Orlando. I love it. Joining us as well, which will be very, very fun. Uh, My knobs have been messed with. Same.
2: Nothing I couldn't hear. has been Something, touched it, from a, a headphone standpoint.
1: I don't think that you have a full grasp on what happens in here 24 7, 365, Gibby, because it changes every day. I like think there are brownies.
3: Change. That's what they say brownies do, right? They come out at night and mess with stuff. Come in and mess. Maybe the brownie is like. around with things? Yeah, maybe Brownie the elf is like for real. Maybe Could he's on, be. He's on the real. He, would he be
1: proud or would he be stiffy? In this instance, I think he'd probably be proud. Be I think he's, while happiness. he's being
3: mischievous, he's stiff arm brownie. Yeah. I'd rather go stiff arm brownie, me personally. And then afterwards, what's wrong with stiffy brownie? And then afterwards, then I believe he's proud. Brownie. Proud, yeah. Like when he's like right now, wherever he is, and he's watching us fiddle with our knobs again, being like,
4: "What's happening?"
1: Yeah. Now he's like, he did it. Quite yeah, very proud. proud. Yeah, quite a lot proud. of people in here today.
3: Yeah, I don't know what's going on. There's a so, lot
1: going on here in the op, at the operation. It's a lot a, of, a lot a of
3: veritable cornucopia.
1: Really is. Really is. Um, all right, we're back at practice today. I had a Sunday's visit with Atlanta. Miles Garrett was back in the building for today. You're on a heater. That's a knife throw. Did you see that?
3: I did, yeah. Well, I am 132nd Chippewa, so it shouldn't there you be go. a surprise. 132nd, that's a nice proportion. Eh, I'd like more. A little more? Yeah, I'd take more. Yeah. yeah. My mom's like a 16th. Like That's like the real deal. She would be. I feel like it's, yeah, and then <laughs> right up there, go on up. Keeps Eighth? going up. Yeah. And you'd really feel the, the my nano was effects. an X. Yeah, that feels like,
1: yeah. Now that's a
3: that's consequential. That's significant. Yeah.
1: It Used to be easier to kind of track that stuff down. Like the boys asked me that the other day. Well, what are what are we going? Well, I mean, I I know where it all comes from, but in terms of for them, that much more removed.
3: Sure. You know, for, for me it was easy because my my paternal grandmother's Italian. Yep. My paternal grandfather was Croatian, mm-hmm. so boom, quarter, quarter right there. Yep. And then we've got on my mom's side, and she's probably going to text me and say, no, that's Nana not right. Nana going to want to make sure yeah. you get this right. But I feel like her grandma, her mom was Spanish. Wow. And then my grandfather was like everything. So I think I have three pretty well-defined quarters, and I think they're Spanish, and maybe I think the Native American actually might be in that, in that mix. Spanish quarter. And then my papa is like – everything under the sun it's all out there french canadian irish swiss right. the whole deal so i have like three known three pretty clearly defined quarters yeah
1: mostly german uh in english okay yeah so the way that we went so so i think that that's it but then then you start somebody said well you're, you're some grammar there was welsh ah, welsh i wh- at what I've point I've, where, i spent where? a
3: lovely time in wales did you really cardiff sure great that's is the great only castles. it feels like the only that would be the town yeah. I was also in Leighton Buzzard. Fantastic. My dad was a rugby player, so now Pedro was actually a rugby player of some consequence and would tour the world. Of and so he, he had friends in Wales. What we were the what were the tales of his rugby trips? I think the tales of his rugby trips were full of booze and tomfoolery.
1: Yeah. Living his best life. did he have that mustache then when he was on the rugby squad? He's always had that mustache.
3: When did it grow the first time? Great question. It's been around my entire life for sure, and predated me. Like the earliest pictures I've ever seen of him, he had a mustache. The only time he did not have a mustache in a picture that I've ever seen of him, he was in high school.
1: That would be the same with my dad. I don't. Re- I've never seen an image of him. Maybe college, maybe, where there wasn't. But as soon as I felt like, as soon as he could, he had it. Yeah. Our generation, I think, is the beard has, re- has replaced the mustache. There's a lot of beards running around. Yeah. You don't see the mustache the way that there was. And for the generation previous to our parents, there was no mustache. Oh, no. That was a clean
3: shaven. You had to go back to.
1: Like, I've never seen my grandpa with facial hair when he was alive. I never saw him with facial hair, ever.
3: So my grandpa, no. But his brother, old Uncle Steve mustache.
1: He mustached up. But I wonder if he
3: had it his whole life or he was all slicked up.
1: Probably, I don't know. Yeah, it di- feels like their generation. I feel like he had a mustache. Maybe I could be making that up. Their Maybe generation, Pedro and Pops Bishop's rep. Their yeah. generation. That's the mustache generation. Zaga was full beard. Well, Zaga He's the world's <laughs> most interesting man. Yeah, he really has a stunning resemblance to the most interesting man too. Like he, it really he. He could, could have, have pulled it that. off, and in every respect, he could have done it. He probably could have done it. Um, as I mentioned miles back in the building, still no update on the status for him on Sunday. It feels like a long shot, but. I,
5: it's got to be a lot of shots. My God,
1: like, I mean, I don't see a scenario how it's. I mean, it's Thursday, you know. It doesn't seem likely.
3: No, and maybe we'll hear. I don't know if if there's any talk about that today. I don't know if we get anything. Let's be
1: real honest. If we knew one way or another, we were not going to say anything. So competitive advantage. I mean, uh, the I, only thing that's tricky about it is it, Miles is the type of player that if he plays or not will impact the line significantly. What's sh- Miles Garrett worth? Point and a half
3: t.j watt was worth a few points so i would right. guess that he would be yeah i
1: think he's worth a point and a half if he's there or not we're favored by one and a half right now
3: yeah i really hope we get clowny out there that goes to a pick if miles doesn't play i would say my but, but don't you think the line right now is reflective of the fact that he's not playing uh
1: so you think it would be three if he were if it was no, like one he, he were was, playing it would be three people
3: have all seen the car he was just in a car. Yeah, I guess that's like, probably
1: true. It's probably the true. But I think it opened be... at one and a half before the injury. I think it's been one and a half all week. Well, the assumption should be that he's not playing, I would think. Yeah. It feels like that's safe as well. It feels yeah. H- hard to imagine. Uh, injury updates from yesterday's practice. Joel Batonio, Taven Bryan, Jadavian Clowney, Joel Heg, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, Denzel Ward. You mentioned all of those guys. Amari with a non injury related Miles, of course. Jack Conklin was limited. Uh, Ronnie Harrison with a hamstring, and then Isaiah Thomas participated fully.
3: All right, so here's how I kind of feel about all of this. Batonio good. Taven Bryan, eh, clowny. We'll see. Um, Jeremiah Wuskormo, feel good. Denzel, feel good. Amari, obviously fine. Miles, meh. Hard to imagine that one. Hard to – it's just – yeah, it's hard to imagine is what I would say.
1: Yeah. Uh, did you see the trailer for Yellowstone, the new Yellowstone trailer? No, I have not. You have not. Oh, you dropped this morning at eight thirty, baby. I get you dropped this morning at eight thirty. Um, I was I was thinking about this a little bit from the standpoint of the NFL is king, college yep. football is prince, everything else plebs. The what they're all doing is competing for our attention. hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's all television shows essentially. So what you're looking for is what. What can I what can get garner my attention? What what there's so many options for us, it's almost like you have to win me over. Fair. Or I'll go watch something else because there's so much out there that I can watch really anything I want whenever I want. That's that's where we are. This that's is the not, world. Yeah. This is the world now, the world yeah. is on demand. So this brings us back to this Yellowstone conversation. So Yellowstone comes out of nowhere, it's on the Paramount Network. Nobody even knew it existed. No. Um and and during the pandemic, because they had one season in the books a second season that was airing right before the pandemic and had already shot the third you had three seasons plus new content in an era where at, in a time when nobody could shoot anything right so this booms and i think also the vistas help like people loved how beautiful it was they're like this is an escape i'm stuck in my house so
3: forth so on the what is it the vista of the views and uh white man can't jump there's no vista that's there's right no views. that's right that's right sorry so but it, it goes it goes big
1: so as they launched, as I see this trailer drop today, and they're, I think it's smart. They're leaning into the political stuff of it. He's going to be governor, so that's which he won. So like, uh, then they just kind of ignored it because last season was so all over the place. So he's well, he's going, he had your
3: time jumping. Yeah, it. they
1: were bouncing around. They're going to Texas. They're all over the place. Oh, yeah. But anyway, it's going to center back on him. He's going to be governor of Montana. Koffner, which, Dutton. yes, Dutton. So that will be, I think, a lot of fun. And
3: there's so a lot of layers some, to that. Yeah. Well, maybe he's not, I guess. I was gonna say he's wholly unelectable for a variety of reasons, but maybe not.
1: Well, what I was just going to tell you is the operation that it appears that he's going to run is very similar to the Trump White House, where his family's gonna be in the white in the Montana State Capitol and they're gonna run it that way. So that's I mean, in the trailer, Beth, you're my chief of staff. So that's where we're headed.
3: So it's a little bit of a leap for me to go from this guy being very competent at running like a ranch and yep. very competent at, you know, being the the cattle guy, whatever, authority. Sure. To like be the governor.
1: Well, I mean, the governor of Montana currently is a guy named Greg Gianforte, who is not from Montana, who made a bunch of money in another state, came in and basically just kind of. I, I think you could have said that before 2016. Fine. But I think now. Isn't there some, some investigation
3: in into the fact that like Rip has murdered countless people Again. at his best? Wow, I think it's all mine. Right. I don't know. Anyway, it's, gonna, I was,
1: it's gonna be tough for me. Here's obviously. the thing that I don't understand: they they are launching this show November 13th. Why? Why would? And I think even more than Thrones, this is an audience that is the NFL audience. No doubt.
3: For, we don't need any. Listen, zoom in on me.
1: <laughs> is this my camera?
3: Is this me? <laughs> are you zoomed in, Gibbe? I don't see it moving. <laughs> What'd you say? He said, what'd you say? What'd you say? I said, zoom in on me." I was talking to the people. Zoom in on what? He doesn't have, does he have camera
1: operation where he can zoom in? Yeah. You just want your face in the camera? Yeah. I want to
3: talk to the TV purveyors. Yeah.
2: You're going to be on camera three, which is over there on your, yep. There you go.
1: Camera three.
3: Come right in here. We're getting tight. We don't need Game of Thrones during football season. We don't need Yellowstone during football season. You know when we need them? You know what Sunday you debut these shows or a Thursday? The Thursday after the Super Bowl, the Sunday after the Super Bowl, and away we go. You give me something to look forward to on Sundays for now two and a half more months. I love you. You love me. We're all thriving, baby, in this TV land, this paradise. But when you're going head-to-head, I don't have enough hours right now to watch the football, Mm-mm. to prepare for the football, to talk the football. And now I got the Thrones, I'm at max capacity. You cannot throw in another show at me right now at max capacity. Wait, save it, let it become the main event that football is, football is king. Why do you wanna come out here? And I'm yeah. sure this it's a lovely, it's a lovely filet of soul you got. I'm sure it's a, a Dover, soul. A it's Dover a, it's a, soul, it's delightful, but you know what's in front of me right now? Until February when the Super Bowl happens, Prime rib, and when I got prime rib, not interested in your Dover sole, Mm-mm. okay? Save it, so it's like, oh, this is a real treat here. I can't have prime rib anymore. Look what I got over here—some delightful Dover sole. Oh, come on! It's well it's not said. hard.
1: It's well—you know—I've never had Dover sole. Me neither. It, it was used to be like a fish of consequence. It feels
3: like it is. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I've never had it. I don't know if it's good or not. Um, is it from the White Cliffs of Dover? <laughs> no, that's a good question. I, I don't know feels like it could be. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Um you're right on every factor. This thing is going to be done by Christmas. Stop it. It's terrible. Awful. If you if you don't want to wait till after the Super Bowl, then do it the second week in January. That's fine. There's no Sunday what's night football th- at that point.
3: What's the re- what's the thought process though of not know. waiting until after the Super Bowl?
1: I have no idea. It's very disappointing. Much like it was disappointing to drop Thrones to start this Didn't season. Didn't
3: need it. Yeah, how do you handle that?
1: I watch Thrones. Same. Unless it's a sun, unless we're involved in the Sunday nighter, because and I'm never waiting all day for Sunday. We live night. in a, a world. I need a now. Yeah.
3: Where in the olden days, like you had to watch, like so. I'm able to just Thrones, mm-hmm. and then if I really care about what's going on, I can set my phone up, prop that on the game, and I can have yeah. a glance every now and then. See, but, I think Thrones is typically something you can't do that. No, with. you got to be locked. There's in. A lot of you be locked
1: in intricacies and family people, and I got to know why someone is gone and why it matters to me. Can I tell you
3: some one other thing real Please, quick? Please, yeah. Go right ahead. So in. the people – Gibbe, what do you think about this? He's editing. Why is he things? not listening he's to Editing? Oh, he's editing. Where's editing?
2: Stevie? Stevie's downstairs covering Joe Woods. Joe, Joe Woods just, just walked, walked by. by.
3: He
2: well, just then I don't by. know what Stevie's
1: doing.
3: Just, just walked a, on by. Getting the sandwich, I think. Um, and he's entitled to food. What do you got? Well, last night, so there was a, some uh, movement. I was talking to some people last night on the Twitter in the world, talking with the folks.
2: Because Twitter is the end all be all right. <laughs> a movement.
1: <laughs> There's
3: a movement for uh, yeah. a cooking By the way, a program. For,
1: for clarity, in order for something to qualify as a movement uh, for you, it is literally one person tweets at you. Correct. That's no, there were like you. four or five, Thank including no, Jason. Is is how McRae. the operation goes. Hold on. One person tweets Erroneo. at you. You quote tweet the tweet Erroneous. of the one person tweets at you. Erroneous. Then 12 more people say, Yeah, this is great. I'm in. And, then and that's go, how it goes. And then you go, Everybody oh, yeah. wants God, it. It's a movement. Everybody yeah. loves
2: Everybody it. Everybody wants it. Somebody loves it. We got to no, have it.
3: Somebody wants the book of drag over here to be my cookbook? There's a lot of people. It's a movement. You a guys can people, hate. Big, no, no, hate. Hate. Listen, if you're part of the movement, tweet at Bo Bishop and yeah. let them know. Yeah, that's it. Can we get the more than movement. five? It's just
1: <laughs> when you define a movement, that's how you define it. Yeah.
3: Don't hate Very savvy. Very savvy. Nonetheless. So they want a cooking show with you? The people yeah. do? Uh, we could do it together the three of us bring a player around make a meal i think it'd be great a great off season program see off season program i think it'd be super we've fun we've never
1: been able to really do what we would like to do in the uh, really ever No, but uh, ever on this certainly in, not in the, the off season we've yeah. never we've talked about a world tour that i think would have been fun i think it would have oh, been man. fun to do a browns backers american tour take the show on the road uh, get a big winnebago and zip around i think that could have been a lot of fun for everybody um, we we have talked about going to the Hoff's Ranch, yeah, Hoff Ranch, and having going some in, of the extreme go out there beef. And, and sorting that out. I think that yeah. would have been six a lot springs. of fun. Is it springs, I mean, yeah, springs. there were golf v- trips we were yes. going to do where we you know do we're going to broadcast like from the course, broadcast from the course. We talked about an outing at one point, yeah. That I think really went well. Merch, we have attempted to sling hoodies and quarter zips, um, and we've been rebuked and rebuked
3: from one angle at another.
1: Yeah. Just trying to live. We are, we are. So and
3: despite it all, flourish. Flourishing, because you can't keep you can't keep us down. Yeah, it's impossible. You could try, try as you might, it's not so going to happen. This like,
1: do they want a cooking show while we're doing the show, or do they want just a
3: you? I doing think just the like as a show. separate thing, just a separate thing. Like maybe a couple recipes a month we throw, we hit them with something. You know. So I, you're
1: gonna like have Miss K film you in the kitchen?
3: No, we'll have like we'll bring the. It'll be maybe it'll be like instead of building the Browns, we'll call it. You're gonna feeding be feeding the Browns. <laughs> I wanna I wanna be there when you pitch to McDaniel,
1: Hey, all right, listen. I know it's the season, but listen. No on Thursday off Thursday season. Okay. I know it's the off season where you it's really the only time where you can breathe, other than that, you're working yeah. seven days a week, uh-huh, three uh-huh. the rest you know, seventy seven hours a day. I'm gonna need you on a Wednesday to bring all your guys over and to And I'll my feed house. you. You're gonna get to eat this. And you're gonna get <laughs> Listen man. Who I would may- have who would be the chef? For if, the, if it was flipped, like, is there a chef that you would do that for? Where if you had to haul all the equipment, you had to shoot it, and then the reward was you got to eat it?
3: Yeah. You're a, in on that? Billion of them. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I am. Molto Mario? Come on. I don't think so. He'll, he'll
2: watch it on the DVR. That's right. I'll see it on the <laughs> DVR. <in> the DVR. <laughs> I'll see it
1: down the road. Anyway, My all, all of you are like amazing. They're, they're, by
3: the way, there are a lot of people that'd that would be stuff. much happier to be shooting uh my cooking show than building the Browns. I can tell you that much. Certainly in this yeah. building, we heard, we heard some of them earlier today. Give <laughs> I'm just saying. So anyway, yeah, this all came because last night the bolognese I had to make a bowl, Arden requested a bolognese. I get fired up when like Arden you Request love a bolognese. And, but I'm do like, you do, do you always start
1: it with the the onions, the celery, and the carrots?
3: So, no. Because that is a Bolognese It's in there, Base is that? but that's not what's first. Okay. So I had this one. This one I was pretty pumped up. I got a full marrow bone, like this big. The big guy. The big guy. Chopped into one-inch discs, so there ended up being about, like, eight of them. A lot of good flavor there. Okay. So the first thing I did, Dutch oven, duck fat. I'm big on the duck, duck fat, fat now. Duck fat.
1: Where are you scooping up duck fat? Oh, baby.
3: They got it at Heinen's. It's a Just, game changer. Does it come, like,
1: in a lard? It like comes in, a like, a plastic,
3: like, a plastic little... Tub like a yogurt tub
1: okay duck fat what where's that in at the heinen's what's it paired with
3: it's it's in the butcher section near the duck okay all right duck next duck
1: fat duck so fat. that duck with fat. the
3: marrow bones first okay brown marrow. those take them out then in it's the duck fat's still in there now you got a bunch of stuff going on in there then in pound of four six ground turkey so lean on the scene yep Pound of lamb. Ground, ground lamb.
1: What an interesting move out of you.
3: Ground lamb. Lamb. Okay. And then a pound of hot Italian sausage out of the casing, all in there. So three pounds of meat. And now we're browning all that up in all this goodness. Yep. Then that's out after it's browned. A little olive oil in there. There's yep. still some stuff good perfectly. Still using the same. Now we've got the garlic, the onion. The celery and the chopped carrots—that little base. Yep. Now that's in there. That's in there. Now you're cooking that in that. Now that's all getting in the flavors, and of course there's seasonings and salt and peppers going in all the times. Then once those are good and good, then back in comes all the meats and the bones. Yep. And I put in a cup and a half of a super Tuscan. I like that. Get that all. Now we're humming. Now we're humming right, and now the you're you're scraping all the good bits Mm -hmm. off of the side. So now that's your base. Then. Comes in the crushed tomatoes, a little stewed tomato, a little tomato sauce, a little tomato paste, a bunch of more seasonings, and the mushrooms go in at this point, too. I don't want to brown the mushrooms too much because okay. they can hold their moisture better. I like it. That goes in there. What type of mushroom are you using? These are Baby bellas, hand-sliced. Baby hand-sliced. Yeah, yep. of course. Naturally. Um, and then some basil in there, the, the herbs, you know, dried Italian seasoning, some garlic salt, some pepper, some crushed red, all of that in there. Just a little dash of brown sugar, a little dash there, this and then taste. I let it. Percolate for about two hours. Yep, and then two oh, hours, baby. Like it was a delight. What
1: is the look on Bryce's face when you put that in front of him? He doesn't eat it. What do you mean he doesn't get any of it? you ever just
3: try? Just, just go. Just I just put sit it there on. and I'm like, dude, you are missing out. Like when but we had this time, stew, like, would I'm you like, ever
1: just like put it on the plate and just go? There you go.
3: Here, eat it.
1: Best of luck. He wouldn't eat it. would well, He'd it. Just starve. He is steadfast. He's a man of principle. Oh, he's
3: so yeah. I mean, that sounds
1: like a delight. I think the only thing, you know, I I would not, the hot Italian sausage would not be something that your kids would like. And I would probably
3: have to, everything else I could do, though. Let me tell you something. The lamb. Well, sure. Outrageous. You don't, you would, a lot of times. If I I, didn't tell you that, if I hadn't just told you right now out loud that it was, that there was turkey in there, you'd have, there's no chance you'd have any idea. I like using the,
1: the 30 30 30, the veal, lamb, like a meatball, beef. That's mix a when I for, yeah. for bolognese. bolognese. I oh, yeah, like I using like that. that as the meat for. That. I like that, but I like what you did there. I like it.
3: Let yeah. me tell you something.
1: It sounds like a delight.
3: It was a. How's all your digits okay? That was one of the people. One of the people in the movement oh, in asked the movement. that. Right. In the movement, they asked it. They said, are oh, your fingers still?" Time. Yeah, not. They were not okay. Not okay. Yeah, it was about nine and a half fingers. Yeah, now, but you're thriving. You're ten. thriving.
1: You made it through. Yeah, it's beautiful.
3: Absolutely beautiful. I'll tell you what. Man, I'm bringing that tomorrow for lunch. So. If you'd like a little sample, if you'd like a little sample, yeah. I can bring a little bolognese in. we'll little, go little ahead and taste. wet the beak. Just, yeah.
1: just wet it a little bit, just sure. see how it is. Sure, I like where your head's at. Uh, I like where this program. It's a matchup day, uh, like prog- A uh, little prog- matchup day on the it's program today. Little speaking a matchup, defense, they, of matchup, somebody part of the movement Orlando.
3: Orlando. wants you to do a whiskey show. Well, you could be talking whiskeys while I'm cooking.
1: Now we got a prop. Now you got something. A little bit of whiskey, little
2: bit a little of bit meal. of wine. I've actually been asked to extend an o- invitation to you guys to appear on a whiskey podcast.
3: Well, I have just no business a one-time there. appearance. He has all the business there. I mean, I'd go as like ment support. I could say what I like. That's all it is. Yeah, but I haven't tasted the things that you've tasted. Like on a wine one, I could start getting yeah. into some business. Yeah, who who, who, who is this? Why are they reaching
1: yeah. out to you and not us directly?
3: He's the head. Honcho. You're the you're the honcho. Yeah,
2: he's the big going between
1: in between. The I was between. I
2: was recently approached and said, hey, mm-hmm. I don't know if these guys would have an interest or not, but I know that they are big fans of the sure. bourbon. Yeah, and he's like, we do a bourbon podcast. Uh, we go East Side, West Side, Youngstown. Oh, we've, side. we've been all over the place. Well, and he's like, I can set it up. Like the guys just need to show up and, and yeah. be a part of it and sample bourbon for a night with us. Do we? we do, I
3: was here's old, the tricky we drink thing. thing on the this podcast. is the
1: tricky thing about that situation. Number one, I like the fact that he's he's open to locations. He, I, that's imp- that's important because I I don't love doing bourbon tastings in Elyria, for example. No. Not that I have any – I think it, Elyria is a wonderful place. It's just a long ways for me. That's right. So that, you know, if it's near well, – it becomes, right, dangerous. Correct. So that's the other thing. And then the, the real big factor is on any sort of whiskey podcast sampling journey, it'll hit you quick, man.
3: I feel like it turns into Drunk History, it does, which is a great does, job. which
1: is great, but I think it's hard not yeah, to. Yeah. Because you feel like, oh, here's a bunch of little cups with a little bit of this.
2: Uh, see, they do – I've seen their podcast, and it, it, it can be anywhere from thirty minutes to sixty minutes. And it's so you're like saying two it's a or sprint. Three different kinds, and then it's just more talking. You're saying with, it's the, a with the with the person who owns the establishment about you know what they're looking what for. They're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's a bourbon mm-hmm.
1: expert. All right, join. Okay. Um, all right, in. yeah, I in. could be into that. I could be into that. Have them pass. Get twist my arm. Get the details to you, and then get the details, and then we'll we'll have some fun with that. Um, so it is a matchup day, so you're going to hear from uh, our coordinators on that side. We'll take a deep dive on this Atlanta Falcons team. Orlando Ledbetter will join us. We're off and running here on a Thursday edition. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: OBM, the official printer partner of the Cleveland Browns. While you depend on your Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM because we can tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Now let's head to the podium. Our special teams coordinator, Mike Briefer.
6: Against Pittsburgh, it did not go as planned. As you know, We didn't play as well as I would have liked or we would have liked. But we started the second half with a tackle inside the 20, which really gave us some momentum. Our guys were really juiced up in the locker room prior to that play. They knew we didn't play as well as we needed to. And... So we had a tackle inside the 20 there our punt returner did a great job all night in very difficult conditions second half fourth quarter he uh, had two shorter returns on shorter punts he had to come up on did a great job we got the ball at the 40 and then the 50. he gave our offense great field position um Corey did a great job in the fourth quarter we had three punts in the last five minutes and 40 seconds at the four yard line the 20 that was by design so the number 89 didn't have a chance to return it and then of course at the four yard line at the end of the game and then Anthony Schwartz made a great play on the hands team play, but they were off they called it. Anthony did a great job of coming over and knocking the ball to bounds. So I know we didn't play our best football in the first half against Pittsburgh, but I thought we responded really well in the second half and helped our team win that game.
1: So when you analyze the, the, the kick, the onside kick against the Jets and then the one against the Steelers, mm-hmm. what what went wrong with that first one? And then did Anthony Schwartz like kind of, was that? showing that he learned from what had happened
7: four days earlier? Or no, running? Anthony didn't do
6: anything wrong in the first one. We just we didn't make a play. You're talking about the type of kick? No, I mean, I
5: mean, Amari he did not bat it out, obviously. Mm-hmm. Anthony did get a hand on it to bat it out.
6: Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony so was coming cold. from the the 39, because the new rules state that you can only have nine, no more than nine, at least eight, no more than nine in the setup zone. So he's the guy just outside the setup zone. So he did a really nice job on that play against Pittsburgh.
1: And how much of an emphasis, I mean, or what were the coaching
6: points after the, the, the one at the end of the Jets game? Um, I just think we need to do uh, just a better job making that play. You know, I got to get them more ready, and they changed the kick on us. You know, when they were going to come to our left, and we called timeout, and they went back to the right. And that's not that we weren't ready for that. We're always ready for every type of kick, but we just, they, they did a nice job.
5: Oh, I was going <clears> to change the subject.
6: Good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to Chester Rogers, has he won
6: that job? I I really like Chester. I think it's a week-to-week thing. When a young man's on the practice squad, um, you're hoping to get him up. Um, every week and uh, hopefully we'll get him on the 53 at some point but you know that's a roster decision that I'm not you know privy to sometimes but I think at the end of the day you know we're always going to do what's right for our football team in terms of the roster on the game day and do I think he's doing a good job yes I do I really like Chester I was going
7: to ask something similar what, I mean what's your message to a guy like Dimitrik after he kind of
6: loses that job uh, I don't know if Dimitrik really lost a job I mean he's always got to stay ready um, Demetric's come a long way remember he as a rookie last year he had never returned a punt in his career, maybe in high school, I think it might have been the last time. So uh, I think Demetrius gotten a lot better. He just, to him, he's a guy that, um, he's a really special young man and a special player. He just needs a little bit of confidence and I think he'll be fine.
7: Kate Druckmann's another extra point. Mm-hmm. Can that, I think you were here when Siebert was here, right, and he he just couldn't make him,
6: um, when he had trouble making him. But couple,
7: I mean, does that get in, does that distance get in a kicker's head? Or, when you can make him from 58, you think you'd make that?
6: Yeah, I think he just pushed it right. He'll be fine. Those
7: lines, I mean, he's missed those couple of kicks, but how have you seen him kind of bounce back and work through his process? That you he know, has? he's a
6: really prideful young man, and he understands his craft greatly. And I think uh, being a young guy, he knows that um, sometimes he uh, wants to get over technical because he understands his technique. He's so smart, and but he's very confident. And he came back yesterday, and hit the ball really well. We'll have another session tomorrow. I have a lot of confidence in Kate. He's a really That's good kicker.
2: Do you
4: think it was good that he
6: experienced a windy day early in the season? Um, What I really like what he did the other night was kickoff. Um, You know, you you guys know me. We like to cover kicks. We have a really good kickoff team. Um, But the jet game, he did what I asked him to do and try to give them opportunities. And we didn't kick off as well. That's more on me. He did a really nice job responding against Pittsburgh. And then being a windy, you know, field goal. I don't know if you guys saw his pregame. I've never seen a pregame like that in my life. It was tremendous. And, you know, he's got a lot of confidence. He's starting to figure out the wins. And the more reps he gets down there, the better he'll be. Over. What do you look
3: for on a, on a guy, because like, he used to always just be all oh, running backs, wide well, receivers, guys that touch the mm-hmm. ball, right? You know, linebackers are out there. What do you look for in somebody to put
7: them
4: on the hands team? Um,
6: guys that are going to be smart, like like, Coach DeFancy talks about, smart, tough, accountable, resilient. I mean, you got to have the right people out there, the guys that are going to, you know, if the ball's kicked to them, they can make a play. If it's not kicked them, they know who to block and how to block them. Um, just situationally aware, guys.
8: No, but uh, teams have kicked away from
2: Patterson, 17 out of 19 kickoffs. Mm-hmm. And indoors, that's got to be the rule
5: of the day. No. I mean,
6: Cordell's a great one. I had for four years, you know, we had a lot of success together. We did in Minnesota. He was phenomenal. Great young man. Um, you know, I, I've been teasing Nick this week about you know I said the second leading rusher in the NFL is uh, the, the kickoff returner for their team as well. So I've been teasing Nick about that, but because um, Nick's such a great guy, he'll do whatever he can to help our team. But uh, Cordell is a really good player, um, and you know we'll see, we'll see on Sunday. I have a lot of confidence in our kicker and our kickoff team.
1: Nick Chubb is a kick returner. You're
6: not seeing that. But Cordero is their kick returner. No, I
1: know, but like, how good would Nick Chubb be at that? I don't know. So I mean, I feel like he's
3: good at everything, so yeah. why wouldn't he be good? I feel at like he would be very, very good at it. I feel like he'd be a, a man of consequence. I feel like he'd be a solid, strong. What's Esteban looking at? I don't know. I feel like he'd be – th- of course he'd be good at it. Don't f- – people forget, Cordero's 6'2". I don't think – people. I think it – we talked about it
1: yesterday. He, his whole operation defies logic, man. 6'2", two two thirty being,
9: in
3: his 10th year, and I now he's a running –
1: Amari big. was asked about it. Uh, Last night or this morning, I saw a quote from him where he said, yeah, I was a running back until the coach's kid became a running back and then I moved to receiver. (laughs) And then that worked out pretty good for him. I'd say so. At that point. But, yeah. Pays better. It does. Buyers selling home with Howard Hanna Real Estate Services, always a winning strategy. If you plan to make a move this season, they're going to have you covered. At Howard Hanna, every day is game day. Visit HowardHanna.com slash Browns today for more about that. It is a matchup day, our offense versus the Falcons defense coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit rumpke.com to learn more. We will do the offense versus the Falcons defense. Before we do that, though, let's hear from Alex Van Pelt.
10: experience in studying Jacoby, Mm -hmm. do you feel like he is playing better now than at any other point in his career? Or do you feel like perhaps maybe he's just so well suited to this offense and he's flourishing in it or kind of what's going on? Yeah, you?
8: no, I think it's a combination of both, really. Um, you know, I see a lot of the similarities in his play uh, in previous years. Um, you know, he's really good with the football, m- makes good decisions, uh, throws it accurately. You know, I think um, our system does benefit him, allows us to use, you know, him under center, play action, things that uh, that suit his play style, but uh, playing really well right now. Just keep maintaining that consistency. He really
2: to be like zipping the ball, though, against the Steelers. was, Is that a confidence
1: thing, or is he more comfortable? or?
2: Yeah, no, I
8: think it's definitely a confidence thing. When you're throwing it accurately and, you know, uh, really well, you're feeling really good about your reads and, and uh, the plays that are being called, so, yes.
10: His uh, comfort level in this offense, has he been around long enough and seen enough that, like, if he wants a lot of empty in the game plan, you guys are like, I mean, is he really having a, a large say in what you're doing? For sure. You know,
8: there's things each day in each meeting that um, he'll make a suggestion that, you know, we run it up the chain. Obviously, um, Kevin's in our meetings as well. Um, we're all in there, so everything is, um, you know, great communication. Um, and if there's something that the quarterback, no matter who it is, sees and likes, uh, generally the coach is going to say, okay, let's, let's get that going because if you feel good about it, I know you'll, you'll see it in the game. So, yeah, he's very interactive um, with the plan.
7: Is the run game been since you've been here, these first three games? We've had some
8: good moments for sure, um, but I think we're all playing at a high level when it comes to the run game right now. Um, You know, having Jack back in there and getting the band back together, I think we feel good about where we are up front with with everybody. Like I said, the receivers are a big part of that as anybody, uh, the tight ends, but really happy with the run game right now where we are. Chubb is averaging five more
2: touches per game than he has in the past, is that by design or is it just happening? I think it's just
8: happening right now. Um, you know, we kind of get into the rhythm of the game and say who's you know who, whose series is this, is it Nick's or Kareem's, um, but rarely do you hear, hey, keep Nick in there, let's keep him going. We just have a rhythm to to who comes into the game, just so happens he has more cut more touches right now.
10: Seems like the sort of natural connection between Jacoby and Amari is a huge factor in why the passing game and those two guys are are doing well together. What? Why do you think that sort of came together so
9: quickly? Yeah, I think it's a lot of
8: discussions off the field, uh, in meeting rooms, um, on the practice field, off to the side during special teams periods, where they're getting the extra work, um, talking through all the scenarios that come up. What if they do this? How? If he, what if he plays it like this? What do you expect? And it's just being on the same page. And I think that's uh, you know that's what good players do when they get together. I mean, they really you, you get a good feel for um, how. The receiver will respond versus certain coverages or first, you know, certain looks on defense, and they talk a lot. So that's that's very helpful, obviously.
7: Amari seems like for through three games he's gotten open consistently. Um, I know he's such a good route runner, but how much of that is also the run game and defense is not being able to put extra attention on stopping your number one guy?
8: Well, it definitely makes it easy when you're beating one guy and not two. You know, when you have the ability to, to cloud to a receiver and play shell, you know, defense behind it. Um, opens up the run game so uh, i think having the run game now teams are more apprehensive to to keep the middle of the field open and double a receiver so definitely a benefit okay. series between Kareem and nick just obviously not too much but like how how are those decisions made is that quick in the moment is it just this
3: guy needs a break Just I, that it's
8: kind of you know it's, it's scheduled a little bit hey we're going to give two series to nick and then we'll, we'll put uh, kareem in um, you know, oftentimes it's whose series is this on the sideline. So, we just kind of stay in that rhythm. Um, been other places where you'd ride a hot hand. I don't feel like that's the case here. We have two hot hands when they touch the ball. So, feel really good about either back that's in there. You
10: know, the, uh, the young receivers growing up over time, like maybe in, you know, week six or seven, the lights will really be on and they'll be humming along? I think
8: so. I think you'll see more production as the season goes on, as they get more comfortable in their roles
2: the days when teams ran the ball more than they passed it and that's
8: what you're doing right now can can you get there doing this or is there a time where that ratio is going to have to change i think it's uh, you know each game will tell you what that that ratio will be um you know obviously we love our run game and that's where our starting point is with the wide zone we've said that day one since we've come in here and it's not a bad thing i don't think as long as the game dictates that
1: all right, that's Coach Van Pelt at the podium. And now time for the matchup, our offense versus the Falcons defense. And for that, we go to Dr. Z.
3: Yes, and I just finished up the uh, the Falcons defense board, so we're very good at that. Let's just give you some rankings really quickly here for them defensively. They are 22nd in total defense, 26th in scoring defense, 15th against the run, 27th against the pass, 27th on third down. They are tied for 12th in terms of sacks, getting the quarterback tied for 7th in takeaways. They have a takeaway every single game. 23rd in the red zone, 22nd in big plays, 25th in yards per play. They're giving up 6 yards a play. They're not good. Okay? No. This is not a good defense. No, they're not. It's not a good defense, but it's got a lot of speed. It's an aggressive defense. Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator, will have them moving all around. So who are the names you need to know and the names you need to look out for? Well, in the front – The name is Grady Jarrett, two-time Pro Bowler in 2019 and 2020. Leads the team right now with two and a half sacks. He's the one who came up with the big fourth quarter sack against Seattle to seal that win. Uh, He's got a team high 10 pressures. He's the stud. He's the defensive captain. Uh, He's the guy you need to know. Taquan Graham is a second year player who's got five quarterback hits that leads the team as well, number 95. Then they're a team that's going to play about 66% nickel, 33% base defense. So okay. they've got two linebackers and three DBs on the field, you know, the vast majority of the time. Last week, they had uh, Rashawn Evans and Michael Walker, their two linebackers, both played all 71 snaps. In fact, they had. Two corners, two safeties, and two linebackers. Six of their 11 defenders played the entire game last week, which is in this day and age is rare. Yeah. Quite. that's rare so Rashawn Evans one of the linebackers new starter by the way they've got new starters all over the place on this line nine of the 11 players are new starters in the sense that they were not starters for them last year or their new acquisitions who have been brought into the program like Michael Walker wasn't a starter last year he's off to a great start where's number three he's their Mike linebacker 22 tackles two tackles for loss a sack and interception and a forced fumble through three games He's making plays. He's been all over the place. Number six coverage linebacker at Pro Football Focus. And then there's Rashawn Evans next to him, the former first-round pick out of Alabama of Tennessee in 2018. He leads the team with 25 tackles. And so why am I focusing on the inside linebackers? Well, for a while there, the standard was Dion Jones, the pro bowler in 2017, sure. guy who has more, five 100 tackle seasons. He's on IR. And then last year, Foye Olakun, who we saw with the Jacksonville Jaguars week one of the preseason, He led the NFL with 192 tackles last year and had three picks. So they're gone. So in come Walker and Evans inside. Outside's a 3-4, so your outside linebackers are kind of your pass rushers. They've got – oh, boy, they've got some names here. I'll tell you what. Ade Ogundeji. Adeogandeji out of Notre Dame, second-year right. player. He's got one sack this season. He's on one side. The other side's Lorenzo Carter, former third-round pick of the Giants, who has one-and-a-half sacks already and returned a block punt for a touchdown against the Rams. They're light up front. You can run on them up front. You can pass on them. They don't generate a ton of pressure, although, Jarrett, the two-and-a-half sacks. If you watch that Seattle game, not until the fourth quarter, they got no pressure. I mean, Geno Smith had all day to throw. Back end of the defense, A.J. Terrell, Terrell is the captain. Um, last year had a 47.5 quarterback rating when targeted which yeah. was best in the NFL among all quarterbacks he gave up three touchdowns all year last year 16 passes defense second team all pro this year already in three games he's given up five touchdowns most in the NFL he's following number ones and getting torched 73% completions 134 rate so he still has four passes defense that leads the team but he's got 20 tackles as a corner because he's given up so many dang catches which is crazy. he's struggling. That will be an interesting matchup. He will follow Amari Cooper. Last week, he followed DK Metcalf. Um, They also have Mike Ford uh, and then D D Alford, who was an undrafted free agent out of, I don't even know what college this is. T-U-S-C-U-L-U-M. Tuscaloom? Have you ever heard of that? Tuscaloom? Yeah. I got nothing. Nothing. So he's an undrafted free agent, played in the CFL last year, and he's been playing, uh, he's leading the team in slot cornerback snaps so far this year. On the opposite side, though, of A.J. Terrell is Casey Hayward, former second-round pick at Green Bay in 2012. Uh, he's got 25 career picks, 110 career passes, defense third most among all active corners, two-time Pro Bowler. He had a pick in Week 2 against the Rams. So they've got two good corners and two good safeties. Richie Grant, their second-round pick last year, has come on, and he's been very, very good. He got his first career interception uh, last week against Seattle. And then Jalen Hawkins, uh third-year player out of Cal, uh, has played for them and has done well also so a lot of speed not a lot of names you know they sent no one to the pro bowl last year on defense and like i said they are giving up a lot when you're giving up six yards a play you're not really getting it done on defense
1: tuscaloom is in tennessee they are the pioneers private school in tennessee okay 28th oldest operating college in the united
3: states
2: 2500 kids who'd have known that's unbelievable 28th
1: oldest division two by the way
3: huh i would not have had that
1: this is, um, you understand it at 47 and a half.
3: So it's gone down? It's 47 and a half today. It was 49. Yeah, remember? Nailed it. Oh, now, man. 47 we and we got to do half. Guess the Lines later today, too. I have not looked on purpose. You have not? Okay. No. Yep. Just well, for Guess the Lines. To look forward to. Yeah, yeah would, I'm very excited Very, about it. very nice. Um, but, yeah,
1: for, look, we ought to be able to score. Yeah. They, we ought got to be able to just matriculate it.
3: Look, the fact of the matter is, okay, They gave up 27 to the Saints, Mm -hmm. who have been dreadful on offense. They gave up 27 to the Seahawks, or 23 to the Seahawks, and the Seahawks were in the red zone multiple times and fumbled the bag. Yep. They gave up uh, 31 to the Rams. We should score on this football team. The way our offense is going, we should gash them. You can run right at Ade Ogundegi. He's got four missed tackles. He's light. He is struggling. He's a fifth-round pick last year, and he's starting. Now, they also have, and you'll know this name, Arnold Ebiketti. Abikati okay, from Penn State. He was the biggest second-round pick this year. Yeah. Stud at Penn State, nine-and-a-half sacks. Abikati, um He is playing more now than Ogundaji. I mean, these names, Jim's going to be fired up about all these. He'll There's, be excited. Yeah, there are some real Does names Does he like here. a
1: challenge like that?
9: He, he, it, was,
2: it was more fun trying to figure out how Doug was going to pronounce it. Well, for
1: sure, yeah. Jim's going to crush it all. I just wonder, like, does he like the challenge of a name like that? If he can work it
2: into uh, maybe a little fun moment,
1: absolutely. Then we're all for it. That's a big, big win. Uh, This is Nick Chubb's first game back in Georgia. Can you believe that? Since he left the University of Georgia.
3: That's right. Well, because he didn't play in the preseason. We were preseason there last year, but this is his first regular season game. And, by the way, the last time he faced the Falcons, he ran a 92-yard touchdown, which is the longest run in Browns history. So, We have that to look forward to, which is nice. Has Um, he
1: played in this Georgia Dome?
3: Was this He didn't play in that preseason. No, so he's never played in it. Well, when he was at Georgia, did he play in this Dome? How many years has it been around?
1: My hunch is five Then I would say
3: yes. Right? This is his fifth year in the league. So if it opened in 2018, then Well, I said
1: that. I mean, I didn't even say that that confidently. Let me see when this thing opened.
3: I'm going to guess no. 17. No. It opened so, in 17. So then he would have played in it in 17. At that would have been his last year at Georgia. Right? They would have had to be in the SEC well, championship.
1: But I don't know. Did they?
3: I don't know if they were. They were in the college football playoff that year. So then I would imagine they made the SEC championship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They played Auburn in the SEC title game.
3: In that state. In that Yeah. State.
1: They lost in the national championship game. Um. How did Alabama. he do it? That oh, that's the two a walk off. Yeah. To Devontae Smith, where Georgia plays in the national title game. I was like up the left sideline in my mind as I'm looking at it. Yeah. The left. top sideline yep. from the screen. Yeah. On forever. It was third and forever. Yeah. And they scored.
3: Yeah.
8: Unbelievable.
3: So anyway. So you, he
1: would have. Yeah, he would have played there against
3: Auburn in the SEC title game. Yeah. Not a great defense. They will do get used to seeing this, folks. They're going to do what I, I call like an amoeba defense where a bunch of them are just four or five guys are just kind of standing up and walking around, kind of like the old Rex Ryan defenses. Yep. Um, and so you will see some of that, where on third downs, they're trying to disguise their blitzes, and they're going to just walk everybody around, and you'll have to you know, be on your P's and Q's and be mindful of who's coming from where. And make sure you follow your rules in terms of blocking those things. That's how they try to generate some pressure because they do have a tough time generating it naturally. They will blitz uh, about 30% of the time, 11th most in the league. Of those blitzes, uh, nearly half come from the slot corner, which is the highest rate of any team's blitzes coming as a slot corner blitz. Um, So you'll get that. They play some cover two, most cover two in the NFL, by the way, 23.3%, also Cover three, 32%. Man one, 16%. So about half the time, it's cover three, man one. And about the other, close to the other half, cover two are quarters. So pretty straightforward. They're going to play a lot of cover two early. And I asked Kevin fancy about that. So why did he do that? Because it's a, it's a defense that you know was was the standard in the league for a long time and then kind of has gone away. Um, but he said when everybody's in cover two, it's a defense that you can play his own defense You have two deep safeties, but it also helps you with the run because everybody's seeing the ball carrier, and so you always have guys flowing from the inside and the outside to vice tackle. So my guess is we'll see a a good deal of cover two.
1: Pop quiz, interesting scheduling anomaly of the 2017 Georgia football team, which Nick Chubb was a part of, that played in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium the first year in existence. There is one team that beat both Georgia and Alabama in the 2017 season, of course, Georgia played Alabama for the national title. One team beat them both. Auburn, Auburn beat Georgia, 40 to 17. They beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl, and the two teams that they beat, then Georgia went ahead and beat them in the SEC title game. Al- Auburn is out of the playoff. Bama, Georgia play for the pl- play for the national title. Auburn
3: beat them both. But who is was the out. quarterback of that Auburn team that beat them 40 to 17?
1: Let's see who that would have been. But
2: Georgia didn't. I don't think Georgia had LSU. the defense that they. Oh no no no! It was Chubb and d- Sony yeah, Michelle. Yeah, it's all and, about the yeah. offense. Yeah yeah
1: no no they weren't they weren't all the way there. I mean they always had a lot of dudes. Yeah. That that Auburn team lost four times that season, Jeez. including losing to Clemson early. Um, quarterback of Auburn in 2017. Good question on that. I don't even know. Quarterback Sean White was suspended for the game. I don't even remember this Auburn team. Pretty nondescript. Jarrett Stidham. Jarrett Stidham Was so it Baylor and then transferred sure. in there? Sure, that's the way that went. All right, D. Orlando up next. you will listen to Cleveland oh, Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Browns fans, be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea Tailgate pregame party. Prior to every home game, Twisted T Tailgate located on the west side of First Energy Stadium. Combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music, food, food and drink options. The tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff. Open to fans with a ticket to the game as well. As we head behind enemy lines of the Twisted T Hotline with our great friend D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And we got some big news, buddy. We appreciate your
5: time. What's going on with Corderell Patterson? Yeah, we uh, he was not at the open portion of practice. Uh, yesterday, we were told he just had a uh, was rest day for his knee, and now... Um, uh, Coach uh, doesn't speak on Wednesdays. So we're gonna have to summon him to explain uh, to us what's going on here uh, as we wait for the official injury report. Uh, you know, now he can come out and run a couple plays, and they can call him limited. Uh, but he wasn't out there when we we were out on the field today, so something may be uh, up. Something may be more serious than the team has been leading on.
3: Yeah, he's coming off a career-high 141 yards in the win over Seattle, and he's a big part why this offense has been so fun to watch. And, Orlando, that's how I would describe it. This has been a fun offense. They're putting points up on the board. Uh, What jumps out to you about what Arthur Smith has been able to do here in his second year with the Falcons to get this offense scoring in the mid-20s every week?
5: Yeah, you know, formations, uh, you know, moving folks around, uh, using Kyle Pitt as a decoy, uh, you know, Staying with the run when, uh, you know, sometimes it may be wise to, to, to get away from it. But, you know, he's implemented a, a run-pass a option system that Mariota's running that he has run before. And so there's a comfort level uh, with the quarterback and the, and the coach here. So uh, the fact that they are, are comfortable in running uh, things that play to the player's strength, he's also been able to include and get rookie wide receiver drake London into the offense
3: when you look at this offense you just mentioned something kyle pitts being used as a decoy it's hard not to notice that the falcons have never lost a game in which kyle pitts has had 80 yards receiving so why would he be used as a decoy so often d orlando he seems to be a, a walking mismatch
5: yeah but uh, they don't want to move him around as much early in the season uh, they're saving some of that stuff for later so you know um they probably didn't mean to use him as a decoy, but that's what he was. Uh, he did get seven targets in the Saints game, well, being double teamed. And then he got uh, four targets against the Rams because Jalen Ramsey was hanging around a lot. So yep. you don't want to force the ball into him there. But uh, he did come out and was very they were very active against Seattle and getting the ball uh, to him, you know, threw it to him eight times in the first half. Uh, first play of the game was a bomb to Pitt. You know, Mariota overthrew it. So, um, you know, they got to pick their spots, and, and it's uh, it, it doesn't seem as simple um, as Kansas City when they, you know, they get Travis Kelsey 10, 12 uh, targets a game. It doesn't. The Falcons don't be um, uh, don't seem to be built that way.
1: Orlando, the, the 30,000 feet view of this franchise before the season started, I thought, boy, that's a team that will put themselves in position to draft Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud and 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 be at the top of the draft. But they're scoring too dang many points. Um, did you have them being this good offensively? And, and they're doing it without Mariota being really great. He's not far from great. He's turned it over a lot, 60% passer. Did you have them being this good offensively?
5: No, no, not at all, not. Nah. Uh, it's the same line that gave up 40 sacks last year with 31st in the league and run blocking. So this has caught everybody off guard.
1: Is it a situation, though? I guess I guess that leads into a question about the long-term kind of view of building this the right way in Atlanta. Um, they've got a ton of weapons. I mean, London's been great. Nathan mentioned Pitts. They'll get Calvin Ridley back next year. Would, would, th- would th- the ideal scenario for Falcons fans that they pick at the top of the next draft?
5: Yeah, well, not necessarily because, um, you know, they're not getting really back. He, they're trading him, so they try to okay. trade him this year. So he's not coming back. If you're running back to 31, um, ideally for them would be to win and develop young players and then spend the $133 million you got in uh, your salary cap money next year. So, you know, if you get a quarterback, uh, uh, if Mariota's not the quarterback, which, you know, most people. Think he's not? They they didn't even do think so. They gave up a uh, two-year contract, and then they got to find out if Ritter can play. Uh, but they're showing that hey, you know maybe we don't need one of these top of uh, uh, draft quarterbacks. You know just look at Justin Fields. They could have drafted him. Uh, Trey Lance. They were they were up there during that draft. They passed on Fields and uh, Mac Jones. Look at that in New England right now. So you know the key for the Falcons is to build out the team like the Kansas City Chiefs did, and then they, dropped, then they found the quarterback in Patrick Mahomes and then didn't play him right away. So they're, they're trying to win and build it out. That's just another way to do it. They got a pocket full of money, uh, and so it's not the tank to uh, get to draft the quarterback. It's not the, the saving grace right now in, in the field. That just hasn't worked out for a lot of teams.
3: Let's talk about this defense, though, because one of the reasons they sit here, yeah, the offense has surprised the defense. So many new starters on that side of the ball. Grady Jarrett, obviously, A.J. Terrell, the Constance, although he's struggling a little bit compared to last year, certainly. Uh, What do you make of this defense that has not really put up much resistance to people, although came through big in that fourth quarter against the Seahawks to get the win?
5: Yeah, no doubt. uh, They're they're moving people around, trying to find anything anything to stop people with. you know, uh, Grady and Terrell. Uh, nine of the eleven starters were swapped out, so that's to be expected. Uh, some of the young guys are coming along. The uh, free safety Richie Grant uh, is uh, a second-round pick who didn't uh, play nickel last year, so he's doing pretty good. He got the interception late against Seattle. Uh, Terrell got beat by uh, I think Cooper Cup and two touchdowns to uh, to Michael Thomas in the first game. Uh, uh, but had a Derrick game against DK Metcalf uh, last week. So, you know, you'll see him on Amari Cooper uh, this week. Yeah, he'll follow, right? Yeah, he'll follow. He's been following for uh, this year, so that'll be uh, different. But the uh, pass rush is a lot better. It couldn't be worse. They only had 18 sacks last year. They're on pace for 39.6 now and 85 quarterback hits. So the pressure's a little bit better, um, and they're just trying to – get together. They're just trying to bring that unit together and establish uh, some kind of identity.
1: D. Orlando, what's 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 the plan for stopping Georgia boy Nick Chubb, our, our, our guy up here who's off to a heck of a start, his first game back in that stadium since they played in the SEC title game uh, back in 2017? Uh, what
5: what type of
1: resistance can they put up to Chubb?
5: Well, they can give him directions to um, Sanford Stadium and maybe he goes there. <laughs> instead of coming, <laughs> get him lost he goes back to the old college stadium instead of coming downtown that'd be one way to slow him down but uh other than that uh you got two linebackers um rashawn evans used to be at tennessee and michael walker you know they're kind of oh AFC north uh bigger linebackers we don't have the uh smallest dan quinn guys anymore like deon jones and uh, so forth. So, you know, they got some thumpers in there to at least try to run at Chubb. And, uh, you know, I was just watching some of the scout team stuff. And uh, the corners and everybody's going to have to come up and do their job. Uh, it's a whole it's a, um, 60 minute game alone. They know that um, uh, Browns are going to run it at them. That's what Rashid said, uh, Evan said yesterday. It's like there's no guessing in here. We know exactly what's happening. There's no BS here. They're coming right <laughs> at us. So. Uh, they're ready for that, or they're they you know, they're ready for the challenge. We don't know if they're ready for
3: it. Yeah, it certainly will be a challenge. You have the number one rusher in the NFL, Nick Chubb. We know Cordero the number three rusher in the NFL for the Falcons. But are you surprised just overall that this team, even one and two is the record, but they played competitive games. I know they did last year as well, but everything's a one-score game. They're kind of fun, and its I feel like it's been a while since the Falcons team has been – Kind of fun to watch.
5: Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, The Saints game was—you know—they should have won that one. The Rams game, the Rams just took their foot off the pedal and got blindsided. I mean, they scored touchdowns on four of the first five possessions. uh, You know, and didn't knock the Falcons out. Then they started uh, blocking punts and uh, interceptions, and you know, just got the Rams didn't handle their business, and the Falcons had a chance to win that one. Uh, they were overmatched, in that, you know, at least in that game early. Um, Seattle was a battle of two teams trying to find themselves, and they, they figured out a way to pull that one out. So, you know, Cleveland's a step on a couple levels above what the uh, Falcons are right now, but they're competing. They're going out there and they're fighting. Uh, you know, nobody's expecting the playoffs or anything around here, but they want to see them, uh, you know, be, be exciting and uh, uh, put up the good fight
3: how would you describe dean pease's defensive philosophy guy who's been around the league he's been a defensive coordinator all over this league he's with new england with baltimore tennessee and then out of retirement here with arthur smith for the falcons because just when i watched them it just felt like you had a lot of kind of guys standing up walking around a lot of blitzing and 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 aggressive trying to just make something happen is what it felt like
5: yeah it's uh you know uh three four base you know they'll um Flip it into a, a four three over. They've done that. They did that uh, uh, certainly last week against Seattle. They opened. They opened in a nickel and a four two five. Uh, you know, some people called it a, a two five, but if you know the ends are declared, sure. as, uh outside linebacker he declares ends that makes it a four three over. So he's doing you know whatever he can to throw stuff at people. So uh, trying to confuse the quarterbacks, keep them off balance. Uh, And, you know, not just sit there and give up, you know, give up big plays. He wants to keep it in front of him, uh, make you earn everything down the field and maybe stop you in the red zone or get a turnover somewhere along the way. Uh, But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a a different uh, style of ball that, uh, you know, the Falcons were playing under Dan Quinn and – uh, so far this season you know the yards are not there i mean they're 15th rushing i don't start counting the yards after the fourth game and so forth because it's so you know out of whack sure to be skewed but, uh but yeah he's trying a lot of different things back there that's for sure
1: d orlando great talking to you buddy as always thanks for your time look forward to seeing you down there on sunday
5: all right no problem guys take care and have a great day
1: that guy's the best. D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joining us on the Twisted T Hotline. A little guess the lines coming up. Perhaps some fantasy oh, news as baby. well. We've still got your matchup on the Browns defense versus a really intriguing Falcons offense as well. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: The Bath Authority gives you the bathroom of your dreams when I transform your current bathroom into a custom bath for a spa-like experience, and they can do it for you at the Bath Authority. In about a day, it's a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler. They are experts and factory-trained installers. You give them a call now, you get $500 off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. A huge selection of bath projects, the largest in the area, all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outstanding to outstanding right away. Those conversions, they get it done for you. Tub to shower, superior products and expert installers at thebathauthority.com. All right, you want to do this? We up. You're guessing lines. You ready?
3: Let's do it. I think this is fun. All right. I'm, I'm going to give this.
1: you a win for anything within a point. Okay. Anything within a point a win. Anything over a point is an L. Okay. All right. You ready? Okay. All right. Tonight, Dolphins at Bengals. Dolphins minus one and a half. Cincy minus three and a half. Wow. Loss.
3: Yep. Okay.
1: All right. Next. We've got Last week us, at us, sh- at oh. us at Falcons. Us
3: at Falcons. I know this. Yeah. One and a half. It's one. That's a dub. You knew it. Vikings at Saints. Vikings minus. Well, it's in London, so it's really neutral. Yep. Vikings minus four. Vegas. Mm. Can't give it to you. Vikings minus two and a half. Oh. Another L. Commies
1: at Cowboys. Commies at Cowboys.
3: Dallas minus two.
1: Got it. Dallas minus three. You're right there. That's within a point. That's a win. Good job out of you, dog. Seahawks at Lions. Seahawks at Lions. Detroit minus five and a half. Detroit minus four. That is Ah, oh, oh. I was gonna say five, then I was like oh, gonna try to get right crafty there. on the half. the half. Don't That's overthink it. it. Don't you think That's that they it? should be I agree. I agree. Titans at Colts.
3: Colts minus two and a half.
1: Got it. Colts minus 3.5. That's a win within a point. Good job out
3: of you. Bears surprisingly at big Giants. Win. Bears at Giants. Giants minus 4.
1: Got it. Giants minus 3. That counts as a dub. Good job out of you. Jacksonville at Philly.
3: That's a good game. A Philly good game. minus 5.
1: Didn't get it. Philly minus 6.5. It's a Spiro Dinas game. That should be a that should be an upgrade. That Spiro game, got a win there. We got a good one. That's, That's a, good
3: a game. big line. Agreed. Okay.
1: Jacksonville. I'm sorry. Jets at Steelers. Jets at Steelers. Pittsburgh minus in. three. Right there. It was Pittsburgh minus three and a half. Yeah. Bills at Ravens. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Buffalo. Minus one. God, that's where I would have went too. Buffalo minus three.
3: Wow.
1: Yeah, that's one of those one that's gonna be Okay. Yeah.
3: Chargers. That feels like they're daring you to take the Ravens and the hottest quarterback. Sure,
1: league. sure does, doesn't it? Yeah. Chargers at Texans. Chargers at Texans.
3: Minus six and a half. Mm
1: mm mm mm. Minus five. Wow.
3: Cardinals at Panthers. Cardinals will be favored, but not by much. I could see them actually going one point either direction. So I'm going to go call it a pick them What was it, Cardinals minus two?
1: Carolina minus one and a half. I can't believe that Carolina team is favored over anybody. Yeah, Carolina minus one and a half.
3: My initial was to say I thought it could be one either way. Mm-hmm. So my initial thought was say Arizona minus one, and then I came back at pick em to get Carolina in case they were minus one, but one and a half. Yep. I'm off by like – 1.5. 1.5 on, on a lot, lot of, of them. These, yep. Yeah. Patriots at Packers. Green Bay minus 7.5.
1: Green Bay minus 9.5. Hoyer.
3: True, but still. Broncos at Raiders. Gosh, I'm struggling mightily. Denver minus two.
1: Vegas minus two and a half. <laughs> Chiefs at Bucks. <laughs> Last week I was so good. This I week, know you were killing it. This week not. What, yeah. what is it again? You're not that far off. Chiefs at Bucks. Chiefs. Who at Who knows where Bucks. that game can be played? Tampa. They've Tampa's announced it. It official? is official. Yep. That's official. unbelievable. Based on what I saw. What, yeah. the it will be down Tampa. There. Crazy.
3: Chiefs at Tampa. Chiefs minus one. You get it. It's a pick'em. Okay.
1: And finally, Rams at Niners. Rams at Niners.
3: Rams minus two and a half.
1: Mm-mm-mm. San Francisco minus one and a half. So this week you went six and ten. <laughs> last week you were killing it. Last week I was like fourteen and two. Man, you crushed it last week. Absolutely. All right. All right. Um, fantasy football it's week. Good four. to remember for the lines, though. That means I. Let me ask you this on fantasy. Fo- I think one of the things that happens right now in fantasy football is panic starts to set in. Guys that you picked. To totally. Up, yeah, we're at that point. Panic. Yeah, it feels like panic time. Yeah. How do you handle panic time in fantasy football?
3: You don't want to trade low, but, like, I would try to buy low. So, Austin Eckler's owners are probably displeased with him. Sure, I'll take Austin Eckler off of your hands. Javante, that situation is just scary because of they stink and the usage is weird, so that one's not a good one. But most cases you want to stay the course. What you don't want to do is, you know, and this is where I would say you don't want to give up on, like, the rookies yet that you believed in. Like, Brees Hall, for example. Mm-hmm. And this guy's not a rookie, but he was somebody that people thought was a big breakout. Ramondre Stevenson. If you are to look at the usage, both of those guys now, for the first time all year, outsnapped the the starter. So yeah, Brees Hall in week three finally outsnapped Michael Carter. Ramondre Stevenson in week three finally outsnapped significantly. By the way, Damian Harris. Yep. Those are the trends you want to look for. So those are guys that I think you could buy now that haven't lived up to their potential yet, sure. but that are that are about to explode. What's happened in Jacksonville with James Robinson is stupefying. If you drafted him, great. I mean, this is unprecedented to come off of an ACL yep. and play like this. And Travis Etienne right now, you just hold him and say, maybe Robinson gets hurt, but right now he's a non-factor. So that's a little yep. bit disappointing. Um, and then you got to deal with injuries. You know, I have one team where I have three, I thought, very good receivers. Keenan Allen, um, T. Higgins, Gabe Davis. Davis has been banged up. Keenan Allen's been banged up. T. Higgins has been banged up. Mm-hmm. So you just have sometimes you have to get through and navigate those injuries. But yeah, stay the course for the most part. If there are guys that you believed in that are underperforming early and like, for example, it's Austin Eck, like he's got eighty yards rushing in three games. That's not going to continue for the rest of the year. Yeah, right. Go ahead and give give somebody like that a kick of the tires and try to bring him into your program. I think that's that's the kind of guy you want to go and, and make a move on.
1: Yeah, it's this is it's that first month in, you start to get a little bit antsy. Gibby wants one Browns player that needs to be in your starting lineup this week, other than Nick Chubb.
3: Well then I, I'd stick with I'd stick with Amari Cooper. I mean, you look he's at He's been a great pickup. He's NBC been,
1: has. I mean, it's it's been great.
3: Back-to-back games over 100 yards receiving with a touchdown. Uh, if he has another 100-yard game, it'll be the first three straight 100-yard games of his career. But you look at the Falcons and what they've allowed to the wide receiver position. And I think Chief will have a good game too. Last week they have 117 catches, 195 yards and two touchdowns against this Falcons team so far this year. To take it a step further, the guy that I would consider to be the number one receiver on each of these teams, Michael Thomas would be for the Saints, five for 57 and two touchdowns. Landry had 114 in that game as well. For the Rams, it's Cooper Cupps, the top target, 11 for 108 and two touchdowns. Last week, DK Metcalf was a top target, five for 64 and a touchdown. So this is a game that I think favors the top target and our top target is unquestionably, unquestionably Amari Cooper. Anybody else? I mean that, that I, th- I think out it, to you? I think you could roll the chief in this one. Yeah. And I mean Kareem Hunt's always a a, val- a viable flex option. Uh you know, it's more game flow. Does he get the opportunity to score the football? But yeah, I think that, you know, you're you're okay here. All right. Very For good. For sure.
1: Good job out of you. Uh, a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bones, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. We hit the other side of the matchup, our defense versus the Falcons offense. Coming up next, you will listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: browns daily on 850 espn cleveland
1: browns fans get into first energy stadium quicker on game days with express access presented by root insurance enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate plus each game you use express access at first energy stadium you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win a browns autographed item go to the tickets tab in the browns mobile app to learn more, it is defense versus the Falcons' offense. It's an inventive offense. The man in charge of slowing it or stopping it is Joe Woods. Here he is at the podium.
2: In the
4: you know, uh, Miles won't practice today, but I know it's going to be a day to day thing. So, you know, there's a chance, but it'll be based on what the medical staff say.
7: How scary was that for you just to see what happened in here all about it?
4: Yeah, you know, we always taught our players this really about being safe you know, in the building, outside of the building. Um, fortunately for him, uh, you know, he had a seatbelt on and he's healthy and that's all that's really important. Uh, something he'll probably learn from, but uh, we're just happy that he's healthy.
7: Joe, I mean, you have arguably one of the best defensive players in football. I'm sure there's a lot of scheme things surrounding him, just how big of a shakeup that is. Is there play calls or scheme on to... side?
4: It's something over the years you get used to, you know, unfortunately, but, we have good players, uh, guys that we drafted, guys that we signed in free agency. So we want to keep whatever the best plan is, you know, to beat our opponent, and that's what we'll do, um, you know, this week and we'll go from there.
7: How has Alex Wright developed from when you first saw him uh, at rookie mini camp on, until now? Because he might start there for eight miles.
4: Yeah, he's – Alex is definitely getting better every week. Um, you know, he's learning what life's like in the NFL. You know, the players he has to go against every week. But you can see him from a technical standpoint, from a confidence standpoint, improving in terms of playing the run, improving in the pass rush. Uh we move him around a little bit outside inside. Uh but he's he's definitely getting better every week. What's
2: the challenges of the Atlanta offense?
4: Um, they do some unique things. Uh you know, they're definitely taking advantage of Mariota's skill set. Um, They have talented players around them that have size that can run. But you can definitely see uh, there's things where they're trying to get the ball to certain guys, and there's things that they're trying to do to take advantage of Mariota and what he's able to do running and passing the ball. So um, they use a lot of different personnel groups. You know, a lot of personnel groups just to make you, you know, put different sub packages on the field. But I think right now with him, they probably got the scheme where they want it.
0: What, game planning vulnerable? It is.
4: It is because you have to, you have to make sure you're doing what you need to, to defend what you see on tape. Um, there's going to be some scouted looks, but it's not like you can just throw the kitchen sink at them. Um, Cause you know, you might want to pressure them when they run the ball and <laughs> now they're running the ball and there's nobody there. So you have to be very careful in terms of what you're doing. And it's really based on what they choose to put on the field.
7: Joe, you alluded to the size they have on offense, but Cordero Patterson in particular, for him to, you know, be able to make that position change and be as big as he is the challenges of of game planning for him.
4: Yeah, I know Cordero. I was in Minnesota when we drafted him, you know, and uh, he was a very explosive returner early in his career, but he's a tough physical runner. Um, He's going to get north and south. Uh, Really tough mentality um, in terms of his mindset. Uh, We know we're going to have multiple players, you know, um, tackle him. And we can't, we have to be able to set edges. Uh, you can see some of the run game we watched on tape where he's creasing people, you know, right now on the edge. So we're definitely going to have our hands full, but it's going to take everybody. Were
10: you surprised that uh, after Denzel played the whole entire game, that, that he came in and was a little banged up and is now on the injury point?
4: No, I mean, it, it's, the game's so physical, you know, and guys have, you know, the general, adrenaline rush that they played through. And that game was very emotional, uh, Thursday night against Pittsburgh. So it, it happens from time to time, but no, I wasn't surprised. good
10: about him for, for this
4: weekend? Yeah, it's day to day, but he's been out there. So we'll see where he's at, but I definitely feel like there's a, a good chance that he'll play. about all the
7: attention that Miles gets from opposing offenses? If he's not out there, and how much different is it for you, as far as, you know, do they put other guys out in routes now that they don't have to double in how much does that change?
4: That's yeah. possible. Like, you, you don't know, um, you know, because there's things we do in the, you know, blitzing the quarterback, different blitz packages we have. So, you don't know if they respect that. Or, like you said, Miles isn't out there, and then now you're getting a lot of guys releasing. So, it's something that's possible. It's something that we talk about and that we'll have a plan for. Okay.
7: Low is it not having Anthony for the rest of the season? And without with JOK, question mark, can Cioni? We think of him as kind of a big run stopper, but can he play that kind of weak side nickel that I think he did at the end of that game?
4: Definitely. It's a big big blow just because of the leadership and what Anthony was doing on the field. Um, Definitely thought that he was playing really well for us. And then, you know, guys are confident when he's in there. Uh, But I definitely feel like Jacob is ready to, you know, take the reins. He's very confident. He's a take charge type of guy. He's this young, he's learning. And then Sione, uh, we involved him in teaching, teaching him multiple positions. So he'll be ready to step in, you know, in, in our nickel, dime, and our ruby package. All
1: right. It is a match day. Our defense versus the Falcons offense brought to you by Evolved Technology. Evolved Technology powers best-in-class security for the Cleveland Browns. We'll have to be secure defensively in order to get this win. This team can score some points, although the news of Cordero Patterson potentially He's out of practice again today, so two days out for him. That would be a a big, big benefit for us.
3: It would be massive for the Cleveland Browns, obviously, if Cordero Patterson isn't in number three rusher in the NFL, leading the league at 6.2 yards per carry so far this season. Um, This is an offense been good Marcus Mariota on the year 50 of 79 for 640 yards three touchdowns three interceptions a rating of 85.4 He's also run for 92 yards and two touchdowns now 76 of those rushing yards came in week one against the New Orleans Saints So he's not been as much done as much on the ground the last couple of weeks Patterson for the year 49 carries 302 yards 6.2 a pop two touchdowns as well they receiving core, They've got two big guys. One is Drake London, the rookie, the first receiver taken, 16 catches, 214 yards. He's got two touchdowns on the year. Kyle Pitts, nine catches, 127 yards, 125 yards, I'm sorry, 87 of which came last week. He's averaging 14 yards a catch as a tight end, no touchdowns. And then Olamid Zacchaeus, he has got eight catches for 119 yards. He's averaging 15 yards a catch. And what's crazy about him, Zacchaeus, is He's only been targeted eight times. Eight targets, eight catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown. He did lose a fumble, uh, but he is really kind of, that's that's it. Now, they'll play a bunch of tight ends. Last week, for example, Parker Hesse, he played 43 of the 53 57 offensive snaps. Pitts only played 38. So they have two tight ends on the field a ton. They line up Pitts as a receiver in many of these cases. Their three receivers are really Pitts, London, and uh, Zacchaeus. Because you look at the other receivers, Kaderil Hodge, who's their third receiver by trade, he played 11 snaps. Hmm. They play basically two tight ends all the time. Anthony Fersker played eight snaps. Well, they'll play three tight ends at times as well. Uh, You're going to see a lot of play action. You're going to see a lot of pre-snap motion. You're going to see a lot of... Uh, the pistol, taking advantage of the movement skills of Marcus Mariota, those pop passes where he's got a lot of RPOs where he can either hand it off, he can keep it and run it himself, or if he sees something he likes, he can throw out a wide receiver screen. He can throw the ball right over the middle to pits on a quick little slant. So they do a lot of things uh, in this offense to take advantage of his movement skills. And then really, their offensive line has been better so far. Last year it was dreadful, it's been better this year. Um, and and They'll play a lot of tight ends. They'll be physical. They'll run it downhill at you with Patterson. Tyler Algier, the rookie out of BYU, is the backup running back on this football team. Um, and so if he can't go, though, that's a big loss. Algier on the season, 16 carries, 55 yards, 3.4 a pop. Cordero, again, 49, 302, 6.2 a pop. So big differences there. Um, but that's what they do. They're kind of fun to watch. Cordero's fun yeah, to you watch. Said that earlier in the week. You
1: enjoyed watching them uh, in I, I terms did. of the way that they use their offense.
3: Cordero is fun to watch. Pitts is fun to watch. Drake London is fun to watch. He's 6'4", 219. Pitts is 6'6", 247. They've got some big dudes that they can just throw the ball up to and let them go ahead and make plays. And then you have the little guy, Zacchaeus is 5'8". So it's just an – it's kind of a collection of misfits in some ways, but it works, and it's been working very well. And they've, like I said, they put a, a good number of points. Now they did have one defensive touchdown in that game against the Rams on a block punt or a special teams touchdown return for a touchdown. But they move the football you're going to have to be on it and you got to go ahead and try to get after Marcus Mariota. I think that's going to be one of the big keys for this team is to try to generate some type of pressure against him and keep him contained in the pocket. He's been very dangerous outside of the pocket, but he's certainly not afraid to throw the ball down the field. They've got big guys out there. He's already completed five passes in three games of more than 20 yards. Um, So, like I said, not afraid to sling it at all. Where he's been terrible, is under pressure. Like most quarterbacks, he's been much better keeping it clean, and he will put the ball on the ground. That's something the Browns need to pay attention They've fumbled seven times. They've lost four of them. He personally has lost three fumbles already this year, so the Browns need to take advantage of that. It also should be noted that he has made at least one turnover-worthy throw in every single game, and the Browns have to take advantage of that. They've given the, way ball, the ball away twice in every game this year. Take advantage of that
1: couple of guys back uh, from us, uh, Denzel back from injury. He's at practice today. J.O.K. said he was going to take a look at individuals and see how that went, but that he was trending in the right direction. Without Miles, if that's the way that it goes, that Miles doesn't play, and if Genevian can't play, how do we create pressure? How do, does it? I mean, Joe Woods would have to know pretty quickly because you're going to have to build some stuff in for that.
3: Yeah, I, I think that. I think that you will try to bring some blitzes so far against him. Mariota has been great against the blitz this year. He's 15 to 22, 68% completion, 7 yards an attempt uh, with 150 yards. But two of his interceptions have come when blitzed. So maybe you're able to lure him into a trap, something like that. The real key for this team is you need to get them in obvious passing situations when he does not have the benefit of play action this year. Mariota, 55% completions, 252 yards, 6 yards an attempt, 3 touchdowns, 2 picks. He's also lost a couple of those fumbles there. With play action, the guy's completing 71% of his passes, 10.2 yards an attempt. He's thrown for 388 yards. Now, he has just about as many play action attempts, 38, as he has non-play action attempts, 42. So the key is to get them on first and second down into third and longs. Now, they've been one of the most successful first down teams in the NFL. In fact, only Miami and Buffalo are on par with what they're producing on first downs. If they don't have Patterson, that helps. I would fully expect him to play. I mean, I saw nothing watching that game that indicated he wasn't okay, and he's coming off a career-high 141 yards. You've got to find a way to get them in third, down, and six-plus, and if you do that, then I think you have a chance to slow down this offense. If you get them into the third and shorts where everything's on the table for them, it's going to be very difficult to stop them.
1: It's a fun team to watch. Um, This matchup, is there's a lot of what-ifs. We did it today, but I mean – Patterson potentially down with them. We don't know who's going to play for us on Sunday, so this is one of those ones where tomorrow we'll have a much better idea of what this thing's actually going to look like on the field just because of the injuries that are happening on both teams.
3: One thing that'll be interesting to watch is we don't follow. Typically, as a team, we don't follow, but in this one, I think you could see a lot of Ronnie maybe running around, playing a lot as the nickel or the dime and following Kyle Pitts around, given that he's a 6'3 guy. Yeah. And I think you would like to have ideally, if possible, you know, MJ Emerson around Drake London, because it's six, four, you know, Denzel's only five eleven. Greg's six feet tall, but it'd be nice to have that size there. So that'll be, I think an interesting thing to watch if the Browns do that, which is somewhat out of the norm for them.
1: There's a lot of ways. We'll probably talk about this a little bit more tomorrow. There's a lot of ways that this, uh, the great Miss K. there's a lot of ways that this Falcons thing could try to be built here. They have some really interesting pieces. Totally. There are long ways, but they're,
3: Here's the How do you thing:
1: land it like they have Desmond Ritter, the Cincinnati kid. He's there, but I don't know that people
3: view him the way. Yeah, but if, if if he becomes that, you feel pretty good, right? The two teams that are really interesting to me in terms of building and evolution, right, are the Falcons and the Lions. And here's the thing: if Jared Goff isn't the answer, that's a and you all of a sudden have you know Jamison Williams, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Hawkins, and Swift, DJ Chark, yada yada yada, Jamal Williams. That feels like a plop a quarterback in and look out, right? Atlanta could be that. And let's not forget, New Orleans feels like they're headed nowhere. Carolina's awful. And as soon as Tom Brady walks out of Tampa Bay, they're not going to be the same. So that's a division where, okay, we've got some young pieces here. We can maybe make a move. And, you know, you look at what they did. They put, you know, multiple second-round picks onto the defense, a third-round pick onto the defense. They had two seconds and a third that they put right into their their outside linebacker and, and inside linebacking room. You did your first-round pick on Drake London. You've got Kyle Pitts from a year ago. Calvin Ridley, while Orlando said will not play there again, mm-hmm. he'll fetch you something. You're going to get something for him.
9: Yeah, for hey. sure.
3: Come on
1: down. So much more to come. you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland
1: Browns fans catch the Kevin Spansky show with Zee and Gerard tonight 7 to eight at Slim and Chubby's on Prospect Road in Strongsville meet Browns kicker Cade York and check him out Thursday night football as the guys get you ready for Sunday's game against the Falcons, Thursday night's a goodie. Oh baby, a goodie tonight.
3: It is Get good. Finns,
1: plus three and a half. Give it. Go ahead. Give it. Give it. Sorry. No, you you're on. fine. Sorry to step you're on. You're good. Either.
2: My fault. Miami making its That's way north. Needed, yeah. To <laughs> the Natty, the n- dirty Natty. Dirty. O'Malley is in the alley. Is the party to be at tonight? I'm sure. In the dirty Natty. Yep. Cincinnati playing host to Miami Zagora.
3: I think I went first last week, so I'd allow. I'm going to go ahead and defer my time to yeah. the distinguished gentleman so from Montana. I look at this
1: thing, and I got to tell you um, this is a Miami team that has beaten New England. They've beaten Baltimore, and they beat Buffalo. And somehow they're underdogs in Cincinnati? It doesn't make any sense. Miami, huge. Huge, Finns. Huge in this one. Thursday girl Thursday.
3: Same. Thursday.
1: Pay attention. You got to pay attention to, the scores, Thursday to games. the scores. You have to pay attention to the scores. Huge over-under on this one, too. Like 49, 48 and a half, 49 and a half Yeesh. on this one. Jeez. Usually these Thursday night games don't go that way. <laughs> so, they're wearing the all-white. Bengals in all-white tonight. With white the white helmets. White lids. white lids for them. They look very, very sharp, which is very exciting. Uh, prominent members of our leadership hinting at a potential. With a white today on social, I saw. Oh, boy. That would be a delicious treat for the Otto Graham era. I would like that a great deal. Uh, Enjoy your Thursday football. Enjoy your coach's show. We're back tomorrow for more fun. The next level is coming up next. Listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a
9: production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.